Uh, what do you want to talk about? So I'm a couple beers deep and very unprepared. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and hit the start recording now, and I'll make it work. Sarah. Oh, shit. I just ran over my cat's tail. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, dude. She's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to make it in the episode somehow. Welcome to the kickoff episode of the 2019 League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This is your host, El Patron, and featuring on this episode is the reigning champ, the four-time champ, absolutely dominant, Shanos. Welcome to the show. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. We're jacked up for this season, obviously. And... I told you I'd bring the energy. Oh, dude, you brought it. I'm feeling it. And uh, I'm gonna follow your lead, so let's let's break it down. What, what are we gonna talk about? Okay, so today we'll be going over the draft. Let's uh, we'll go through a couple rounds, go through a couple teams, talk about the picks we thought were great, and talk about the picks that we thought were worth a reach and a shot of gentleman Jack. Uh, then we'll talk about I don't know. Let's say we'll pick our two or three top teams for the season, and our t- and maybe our Sacco prediction um and if we have time let's look at a couple of the featured week one matchups what do you what do you say i feel it yeah um i'm just looking through the first few rounds right now so i'm ready why why don't you give us a a sneak peek of of what your thoughts are on the first round we can uh we can alternate and uh, i'm gonna have some hot takes for sure Sure. So I think the first like interesting pick of the draft has to be Ezekiel Elliott taken in as the fourth overall by Guido. Uh, you know, I own the fir- the fourth pick of the draft, but I really thought it was the worst pick of the entire draft because you have three running backs who just have zero question marks around them. Obviously, that's Saquon, Kamara, and McCaffrey. And so you'd love to be one of the top three to get one of those studs with really zero doubts about their value. But aside from that, I think you'd rather be late because, you know, Zeke has a huge question mark. Is he going to play? You don't know. Le'Veon Bell, new team. Todd Gurley, knee problems. Chubb, you know, is he really the man or is Kareem going to take his job later? David Johnson, does that team blow? We don't really know. So, you know, when I had the opportunity to switch to the the ninth spot in the draft, to me, it was a no-brainer. I really didn't know what Guido was going to do in that four spot, but he he went for it. He picked Zeke, and um, he didn't bother to take uh, Pollard at least he didn't reach for him so he didn't get him and I think that's really going to be the first interesting thing that plays out from the draft because Guido doesn't really have a running back to put in that RB2 spot he's got Aaron Jones to go in his RB1 spot but if Zeke doesn't play week one he's working with Darwin Thompson or Ronald Jones the second yeah he's gonna have some major struggles there He's probably feeling a little bit of uh, buyer's remorse on the Zeke Elliott. I mean, at, at number four, I mean, with the knowledge that we had, like, I feel like you had to take him there. Or, you know, I, I would say sub in a, a DeAndre Hopkins or uh, David Johnson. I mean, Bell went next, but I, I was feeling pretty good about David Johnson, honestly. And, um, yeah, you know, Aaron Jones is your RB1. Like, you 
can't really feel good about that either. I wouldn't at least. I mean, Aaron Jones has really lacked consistency too. I mean, when he's gotten the ball, he's been good, but he hasn't gotten the ball all that regularly and he hasn't been healthy all that regularly. So I think that Guido's team is not looking that great to start, assuming Zeke doesn't suit up week one. Um, yeah, and it's seeming more and more likely that's going to be the case with every day that goes by. Um, but yeah, I feel that. And I just want to say again, like, we switching over to use the sleeper app with uh, the offline style draft. Dude, I'm just looking at the first round, and like, they're already like some surprising picks that I see. And I want to say that's because of the offline style. Obviously, we, we're all using cheat sheets, so we're pretty much going by ADP to an extent anyways. But, like, you know, Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb going before David Johnson. Like, I like it, but I would have taken David Johnson easily before them. I would have, I would have taken him before Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I don't know about DeAndre Hopkins. I, but I probably would have taken him before Hopkins, too. That is a surprise. I'm pretty sure his ADP was 5. Yeah. So the fact that he dropped all the way to 11 is surprising. Um, that may be one of the best picks on Borelli's entire team. But it's, it's you know, only time will tell. We really don't know what that offense is going to look like. True. Um but yeah, like Gurley, I still have a lot of faith in Gurley, who uh, Rob picked up. But yeah, Nick Chubb by DeBerju. I just don't know, man. That was that was bold. That was very bold. I like Chubb a lot, and actually, I was gonna take Chubb if he was on the board there. I yeah. think I think Chubb is the real deal, and I'm I'm not so worried about Kareem coming in and, and stealing stealing snaps later. Um, yeah, no, that, that's actually who I was eyeing, and, and that's who I was going to take if uh, he wasn't taken in front of me. I'm just saying, like, Kareem is too good to be right in the bench, and, like, he doesn't want to be, you know, getting a, a few touches per game. Like, I think it's going to become a serious timeshare when Kareem's back. Um, but that's my hot take. Um, yeah, could be. James Conner. Last pick of that first round by Campbell. I mean, Campbell's had – has he had prior success with James Conner? He had him last year? Yes. Okay. It could be a biased pick because of the success that Conner brought him last year. But I think at the turn, the Conner-Mixon duo is really quite a strong uh, RB-RB play. You know, you're you're banking on on uh, – sh- on not target share, but on volume there. You know, both guys are high volume guys. You don't really know what Pittsburgh's offense is going to look like without AB, but you know, it should be good. And Mixon plays for kind of a shitty team, but you know, he's the guy. So he's sort of locked in two running backs, sure to get lots of carries and lots of opportunity. Absolutely. But yeah, that was a, that was a solid first round. Nice. Devante picked up Julio. I thought that trade, the spot trade for a draft position was excellent, by the way. Um, so props to you on that. And, um, okay, so I'll just move into the second round. Um, 
Let's see, Campbell going last. Yeah, so he solidified the RB position on the turn. Uh, Borelli with OBJ. Okay, we have Travis Kelsey finally going. Uh, Max Stone picking up a tight end uh, first. Doesn't surprise me. Um, he can't resist it. No, he can't resist it. You know that if, if Borelli was actually drafting, that he would have picked up Travis Kelsey too. Um, or Gronk. Yeah, he would have picked <laughs> it was, That would have been so fitting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you got to respect that pick. Um, if Kelsey wasn't good right there. <laughs> would you have taken him? Or are you pretty hard set on waiting on tight ends? I'm pretty set on waiting tight ends unless they drop. So I wouldn't have taken Kelsey there. Had I kept my fourth uh, pick uh uh, a position i definitely would have picked kelsey if he was there in the second obviously he wasn't going to be there yeah um so yeah i don't know i don't really like drafting yeah i only would go for it if they drop at, at that point it just seems like you're betting on kelsey to have the season he had last year which he totally could but i think there's a little, lot of room for him to not have the season he had last year and therefore i think you'll be disappointed yeah um I think his, his showing this year is going to be just as strong. Um, I don't think he can go wrong with that guy. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I'd much rather wait on tight end. I mean, it, you're, you're picking up Tyreek next. Um, so there's, like, three really strong wide receivers that go in a row. Like, I, he could have just taken care of the wide receiver position on his team right there. Or... Um, Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette were still there. Some question marks on those guys, but yeah, I I will always wait on tight ends. Like fourth round at the earliest for me, any year. Like it doesn't matter. Um, so Shaylin, yeah, next. <laughs> he loves Kelsey though. It's it's definitely a, a bromance that he's not ready to give up. Yeah, it's- yeah for. for- for me at this position, I I just wasn't in love uh, with Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette. I think Cook, he's amazing when he's on the field, but I don't know. How many games has he actually started? Like 10 maybe in two years? Are uh, you talking about Dalvin? Yeah. Um, I thought he played – I mean, I know he had injury issues at the beginning of last season, but I feel like he finished pretty strong. Okay, I'll look it up as as we chat. But I looked at him like like a massive injury risk, and for Net, I just didn't know what to get out of him. I wasn't totally buying the bounce back. So Tyreek was sort of the last guy, the, that top tier receivers. And I thought I can get two top tier wide receivers. I'm going to go for it. There were tons of running backs coming off the board, and I was just hoping that there would be some value left coming around the third. Yeah, Fournette could turn out to be huge value though. Like. You know, he's got the, the maturity issues. Like, I don't know how difficult that would be for him to overcome. But if he does, like, he's the man in Jacksonville, and we know that he's got the talent to be a superstar. So um, that that could be uh, pretty good for – who's that? Cole? Yep. No, totally. He um, really could have that bounce back year. I, I could see it. And by the way – uh, Cook played 11 games last year and four games in 2017. So he's played 15 okay. 
out of 32 possible in the last two years. Yeah. Last season, I thought he looked good. I had him in another league. Um, and I don't think he had any injury issues past the beginning of the year. But either way, um, I see that you – so you got two wide receivers. Both of them probably going to be, like, top seven wide receivers by the end of the season. It's pretty good there. Antonio Brown finally goes off the board with Guidison. Uh, Jesse taking Mike Evans. I wanted him so bad the next pick. Uh, you were um, so close. But, yeah. He really – really do think it it the value drops significantly between Mike Evans and Keenan Allen but yeah for for sure I mean that um well huh yeah I I, I was also thinking about uh taking Devonta Freeman mm-hmm. but I don't know just didn't feel right. How do you feel about Devontae Freeman? It's tough to buy into. I mean, I think that he's still very young, and I think that you know he's really only had one year that's been hurt him from injuries, and and it seems to stick in our mind. Uh, he was you know pretty dominant before that. I I could buy in at two twelve. I I could totally buy in, but. Um, and Keenan, you know, Keenan's already had some injury worries this season. So, yeah, I, I think I could have got on board with Freeman on a high-powered offense. Yeah, I feel that. I've just, like, it. I feel like every season I end up with, with some pretty strong running backs. And I feel like most of the time with my wide receivers, they're not even intelligent picks, but I just luck out with a lot of my wide receivers. And I'm really active on the waivers to pick up wide receivers, too. So this time I just wanted to like alternate, get a dependable wide receiver. Hopefully somebody's going to be dependable. And then I, I was seeing a lot of of great talent in uh, running backs still on the board. Um. So yeah. That wow. Was, and you really did alternate for seven rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I was committed. Interesting. On the flip side, Big Mac goes RB RB wide receiver wide receiver. So he does Devonta Freeman and Stefan Diggs. I, you know, I, I like Diggs. I, I kind of put him in uh, like Brandon Cooks in a similar category, but they just, they seem like guys that don't have a very high floor, but have a high ceiling. Would, would you agree with that? Uh, yes, absolutely. Ton of upside with Diggs. I mean, that's like, this. That should be a very good offense, so I don't think you can go wrong. What I what I thought was more surprising was Diggs going before Thielen. Yeah, see, yeah, I agree with that because I feel like well, Thielen seems to be to get more target share. He seems to have a higher floor. Definitely. Do Do you think he? Do you think Diggs has a higher ceiling though? Uh no. No, I mean, okay. look at what Thielen did last season. I mean, they 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 both have very high ceilings. Um, okay. I think Diggs, yeah, Diggs has a leg up on on speed. Um, you know, getting the deep balls, but I don't I don't think he gets even nearly as many targets as Thielen does. Um, so 
I mean, I, I feel like he should have picked up Thielen at that point if he was hunting for a wide receiver. And then that ends up falling to Jesse, goddammit. I'm pretty sure Thielen's ADP was above Diggs's. I think you could make a case for a higher ceiling on Diggs just for the sort of breakaway speed. I think he plays like the in the like wide receiver one position more often, sort of goes deep more often. But I think Thielen is generally agreed upon as a better, safer, safer pick, which I would definitely want the higher floor. On that, you know, in a third round pick, if you're looking a little bit deeper, like you picked up Cooks in the fourth round, I think as your wide receiver too, you're a little more comfortable with someone that may not have the highest floor but can give you some big weeks. But as your wide receiver one, I mean, you need that guy to produce every week. And I see that Greg later on the fourth picks up Tyler Lockett. And to me, Lockett is a lot like Diggs too, that, you know, low floor, high ceiling. And so I think Greg may experience some boomer bust weeks with that wide receiver duo. Yeah, no, I feel that. So I feel like for, for the next several rounds, maybe we just like brief summary and then just focus on your, your uh, whatever's notable and any hot takes you got. Yeah, I kind of like looking at the picks in like twos or threes. I think it kind of makes for an interesting interesting story. So we keep going over to you. You took on, um, after taking Keenan Allen in the second, you took on Carrion Johnson in the third, Brandon Cooks in the fourth, James White in the fifth. Calvin Ridley, Darius Geis, and Dak Prescott in the eighth. And yeah, I think you took on obviously a very balanced draft strategy, alternating for seven rounds, waiting on QB just long enough, um, and getting your your double threat quarterback. Um, And a tight end with David Njoku in the ninth. Very just sort of textbook draft strategy. There's nothing about your draft that really jumps out at me, to be honest. It it doesn't strike me. Big truck driving by doesn't strike me as being dominant doesn't strike me as you know not being good i think it's just gonna be solid but i do have a strong feeling that your reign is over i mean unless your team just stays wonderfully healthy um there's nothing that really jumps out at me to be honest i mean it looks good but remember remember part of iarza people ripping on me for my old man roster remember what happened (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, dude, that team was so old. So old, dude. I, and, like, Jesse got in my head, too. I literally, like, calculated the average age on my roster. <laughs> and, and it was – I can't remember the exact number, but it was, like, up there. I was like, shit. You're <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Doug Baldwin, dude. Uh, oh, man. Darius Geis is like an interesting pick. I think he's going to have to live on your bench for like eight weeks, but he could have some serious upside late in the season. Calvin Ridley, I think he's kind of a similar story. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't expect him to, you know, he had like one or two big weeks last year. Question marks on whether he can do it over a season long. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be, I think he's going to be huge. Um, I'm, I'm predicting a thousand yard season. Um, I mean, he, he performed really well last season. Like it was impressive. You're on a high octane offense. Um, and Darius guys. Yeah. I mean, that was purely like on speculation of what I've heard from, you know, his camp, but, um, yeah, I feel good at quarterback with Dak and Tom Brady. 
Obviously, I don't have Mahomes to lean on anymore, but um, I think it could really pan out. I think Golden Tate, um, once he gets back from suspension, could just be a solid flex. Um, yeah, I, I think so too. If there are any complications with my roster. Um, yeah, I think Tate will be solid when he comes back. So, yeah, we'll be there. Do you just want to – do you want to evaluate by team now? Yeah, let's go down the line. Just so everyone knows, we'll, we'll mention everybody. I mean, no promises about Max, but everyone else everyone else will be mentioned. So, you know, just ha- hang in there. So, yeah, why don't you uh, take over on, on evaluating Jesse's draft? All right. Uh, McCaffrey, um, again, I just want to state that I don't think – anybody's won okay i don't think anybody in our league has ever won uh, a league by picking a white person in the first round and we got mike evans go next obviously i felt very good about that pick Thielen, okay you're set at wide receiver and amari cooper um so he's stacked at wide receiver at this point um he's got an rb1 uh, that's going to be consistent week in, week out. Um, and I think the most interesting one is obviously Amari Cooper. Um, you know, a guy who struggled so greatly on the Raiders and then had a freaking amazing season or partial season with uh, the Cowboys. Obviously, he's got a lot of chemistry with Dak Prescott. Um, so I think, I mean, that was like a solid first four rounds. And now you got to think about what you're going to do with your running back situation because um, so much has already come up off the board. Um, he is setting himself up for uh, trade potential. Um, when you stack yourself a wide receiver, Jesse's definitely not uh, averse to the trades. So this is already somebody I'm looking at. You know, if I uh, if I need wide receiver depth, I'd probably be talking to him. Uh, he is always scared to trade with me, though, for the fear of strengthening my team and giving me a championship run. Um, Philip Lindsay, okay. So I don't want to touch anybody on the Broncos. I don't want to touch anybody. I know Freeman and Lindsay, they, they had some pretty good games together, and Lindsay definitely came out to be the stronger running back. But that's, that's barring injuries, that's going to continue to be split carries. And like these guys can play uh, to certain game flows, um, so so that worries me. Like you know, wh- which one of those guys is is the hot hand during whichever game? So that's going to limit his RB two, and then he dives into uh, a tight end selection with Hunter Henry. Um, so let me see here. So I'm going to hop in and say that I think Jesse's team looks stacked. On paper, it looks terrifying. Um, I think his, yeah, his wide receiver selection, they're just all studs. I really believe in Amari Cooper getting more consistent this year. And if that happens, he's going to have wide receivers firing off because Mike Evans and Adam Thielen both have high floors and also huge ceilings. And Amari Cooper, obviously, over his career has had a very low floor and a very high ceiling, but I think him and Dak really do get on the same page this year. And I think that trio is going to be nasty. Obviously McCaffrey is going to get the job done. 
Lindsay, I'm with you. Um, you know, I had Lindsay last year and he got the job done more often than not, but Royce Freeman just didn't seem to really have his shit together. The Denver invested quite a bit in Royce Freeman's pick and I expect him to get back on track this year. And I think they'd really like Royce, you know, to be their guy or at least have a 50, 50, uh, timeshare there and i bet we see more of a timeshare this year than we did last so i think his rb2 is going to give him fits very much like his rb2 gave him fits last year with the seahawks uh sort of triple-headed yeah, rushing attack exactly that that's his, that's his achilles <laughs> heel man like his rb2 uh selections have have always gone awry uh, he knows it too like when when he picks philip Lindsay. He's like, fuck, now I better get Royce Freeman and hope that one of those guys is the guy. And I have a feeling both guys are going to be the guys, but we'll see. Also, you know, the Hunter Henry pick, while it looks great on paper, we really just don't know yet. And also the Baker pick, I think, I don't, I mean, I understand the Baker hype, but he really hasn't gotten it done as a, as a fantasy quarterback. Obviously he's got, tons of weapons now um but i really think we we just don't know yet yeah i'm i'm not bought into that at all and i hope he proves me wrong because it's definitely going to be like everybody's waiting to watch that team obviously but i was i was really really surprised that he picked up baker um that soon i mean people like drew Brees and dak prescott are going uh the next round you know, Andrew Luck was available to him. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to have some huge issues at running back. And let's see. I'm trying to figure so out. So Baker fi- finished as the QB 16 last year. He did miss the first two and a half games. Um but yeah, he really just seems like he kind of rode the roller coaster. I mean, he scored as low as nine, scored as high as twenty-five, never scored over twenty-five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I think it's a little early. I definitely like Wentz and Ryan better than better than Baker. Yeah, and, and Jesse's a Jesse's a big Matt Ryan guy too. Um but yeah, he Jesse always preaches waiting on QB, so I was surprised that uh he, he went that early. Same with tight ends. And I, I'm pretty skeptical of what Hunter Henry is going to be capable of doing this year. And like, you know, uh, I got David and Njoku, um, you know, three rounds later, uh, Delaney Walker around after that. Um, one pick I think that's really interesting was Anthony Miller, um, who I feel pretty good about. I think that was a great uh, late round value pick. Um Doubling up on tight end with Jimmy Graham. Um, that could turn out to be pretty much a wasted pick. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was a solid draft. He, he should definitely be evaluating trades to solidify the uh, RBT position. Yeah, I'd say he's easily a top three pick of mine um, at, a, at a quick look. Moving on to Guido. I think what we see with Guido's team mostly is high risk, high reward. You know, the guy plays in four or five, 10 fantasy leagues. I don't know. I think his idea going into this draft is go big or go home. 
no reason to put in all the effort just for second place uh, or third place like he got last year. And so I think that's why he started off with the Zeke pick. He backs it up right afterwards with the Antonio Brown pick, which obviously Brown is you know, dropped quite a bit due to his the trade and the off-field antics. And then the Aaron Jones pick, who we've seen been who's been absolutely dominant when he's had a chance to play and he's been healthy, but he just hasn't had the volume. Zach Ertz in the fourth. How did you feel about Zach Ertz going, going into the season? Obviously, he came off like a, a record-breaking tear last year, um, but I saw a lot of people thinking that he wasn't going to be able to repeat. Uh, I'm cool with Ertz going in the fourth. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, it's kind of, I think that was well below ADP. I'm pretty sure his ADP was around 310. Guido took him at 409. Yeah, I mean, he's the main target on the Eagles, so I feel pretty good about him. Yep, and their offense is solid. So then he goes Kenny Galladay in the fifth, who I think is solid. Tyler Boyd, who you know will be the featured receiver in Cincinnati, at least until A.J. Green is back. The big reach from Guido that was surprising and he really planted his flag here was on Darwin Thompson, who I believe is the third string running back in Kansas city. How do you think that's going to pan out? Do you think he's, he's uh, onto something here that we were blind to see? Maybe. (laughs) I I don't know enough about the situation. Like running back was, is getting pretty thin at that point. You know, like that's, probably when he should have gotten the handcuff taken care of if he was thinking running back. Um, so what there were the next running back picks were Kenyon Drake, Duke Johnson, Rashad Penny. Um, yeah, I, I would have been looking at, at handcuffs at that point. Um, Darwin Thompson, I, I think he's been like a hot topic as uh, you know, somebody who's, who's done well during preseason and camp, but I honestly don't know enough about um, how skilled he is and what the running back situation is going to look like in Kansas City. Me neither, but I know that they just asked it. Uh, they just uh, added McCoy to their roster, which I think has to hurt Darwin Thompson's value a little bit. But it will be interesting to see if, if Guido knows something there that we don't know. Uh, he finishes up with Will Fuller, who I think could be very interesting. Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, pretty nice QB duo. Ronald Jones the second, which I have zero faith in, but that job is open for him to take. Uh, Cole Beasley, Jacksonville Jaguars, and McCole Hardman, which I may have just been out on McCole Hardman. I don't remember seeing him anywhere when I was re- researching the draft, but I looked him up today and saw that he's this like really dynamic wide receiver, sort of like Tyreek Hill style, blazing fast speed, um, and he's on the Chiefs, which that could be a pretty interesting move later on in the season. Yeah, they got too many mouths to feed, man. Um, that's fine for a flyer. Like you can pick up anybody at that point, but. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. He's going to have some struggles. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, I don't think his team looks that good. Definitely out of the top three for me. Yeah. Potentially a, no- a nomination for the bottom three. We'll see when we get to that part of the show. Yeah. Um, all right, so diving into Cole's team, Claus Anonymous. 
um, Le'Veon Bell um, at the number five pick. I am cool with that. I uh, still would have picked up DJ beforehand, but um, Bell taking a year off, what's he going to be able to do on the Jets? Are they even a competent offense? Um, their offensive line is so much worse than Pittsburgh, but at the same time, like, you know, having him on your fantasy team uh, in previous seasons, like, you are watching the guy so much. Like, he is truly, like, one of the greatest freak athletes I've ever watched. I mean, I, I think he's going to make it work. I think he's going to end up being a top 10 running back. Um, so, like, I, I get the question marks. And I can understand why you'd want to take, like, a Hopkins beforehand. Um, but I'm cool with that getting Leonard Fournette and Sonny Michelle after that. Uh, Sonny Michelle limited in PPR with James White behind him as well. Leonard Fournette, again, could have a monster year. Like, I don't know. So we've got, like, three question marks to start off with. Um, like, you know, I think he's got enough strong, enough running backs to, to make it work in that position. So going into wide receiver, he's got Chris Godwin, the number two wide receiver in Tampa Bay, and then Josh Gordon, who, you know, may not even be a factor. Like, I I would not touch Josh Gordon in this draft if if he fell to me. Like, at least not in the fifth round. No, I, I wouldn't. He's like, I wouldn't draft him at all. Like, you know, there, there was definitely a whole lot of value left a wide receiver after he picked up Josh Gordon. So I think that maybe was an uneducated pick. Cooper Cup is on the board. Yeah. Or is available. Um, which way was it going at that point? It's going to the right. Going to the right. Yeah. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey I don't love, but AJ Green I don't love. Cooper Cup I love. I mean, Cooper Cup to me seems like an obvious – uh, better pick than Josh Gordon. I mean, yeah. While Cup was healthy, he was he was a touchdown machine on a high powered offense. Yeah, you know, pa- Patriots players are so hard to count on because they change their strategy week to week. Like there's there's a a small handful of guys you can count on. Um, this year, I feel like there's basically one. It's it's Edelman. Otherwise, like, I mean, Michelle, I think you feel pretty good about to, to run the ball as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Not, ca- not catch the ball, but you feel pretty good about him running the ball. Other than those two guys, I mean, I guess in white, you feel pretty good to catch the ball but not run the ball. But you also know those things can change on a weekly basis. And, yeah, Josh Gordon fails a drug test, shows up late, says something that Belch doesn't like, and he's, he's gone. Runs a bad route. You know, I just – yeah seems like a lot to put a fifth round pick and and bank your wide receiver two on josh gordon yeah so just skimming down looking at his wide receivers tyrell williams the number two in oakland kiki who i think has he's been dealing with some injuries marquise brown he doubled up on the marquises uh and then (laughs) marquise goodwin in the 14th dude marquise was a stud for like i don't know four weeks last year uh yeah and i'll look it up uh what other wide receivers do the 49ers even have did they did they have jameson crowder no he's on the redskins 
can't remember. Um, yeah, that that's fine. Devin Singletary. Uh, we know what what the story is there. Him dropping him immediately after the draft. Damn, his running his running back core would look pretty damn good if uh, Singletary was still on the team. I guess, dude. I mean, <laughs> he's still on the Bills, uh, and like Fournette, as talented as he is, is still on the Jaguars. Yeah, Nick Foles. Yeah, gonna have a ton. You now they have volume. So he, yeah, he's got maybe not he's got talented it. players on bad teams. Um. And then, like, Chris Godwin, like, we're all hoping is going to turn out to be a, a success story. Um, my favorite pick of his is Vance McDonald at tight end. Um, I, I think he's going to turn out to be one of the top uh, tight ends. Um, Carson Wentz, uh, Josh Allen, I, I wouldn't even have drafted again. Like, I'm avoiding all Bills players. Um, so like just stick with Carson Wentz and then stream if you need uh, an injury or bye week fill in. Uh just seemed like a wasted pick to me. Yeah, I love Wentz. I think Wentz is, is your guy as long as he's on the field. Yeah, he's gonna be solid. Um, so we'll see how this pans out. Like, I don't know. You, I think Cole could have some really strong weeks, but like he doesn't have he's not set up for consistency by any means. Yep, I would agree. And I, I can never wait but, to play him uh, <laughs> twice. Twice, yeah. I lucked out big with that. Uh, is he is he a nomination for bottom three for you? I'm I'm not so sure for me. Um, we'll have to keep going through. Wait, let's not do bottom three. We should do Sacco nomination, and that's it. And so, is he a Sacco nom? Um, I'm kind of just waiting for us to like go through the other teams, but like at this, right. at this point, yes. Okay, you, let's go yeah. through. Uh, next in the draft with the number six position is Adam Seprak, who has regained his confidence, put another $100 season-long bet down with you. Um, let's, let's see how he did. So he took the first wide receiver off the board with DeAndre Hopkins. And then followed it up with two running back picks. Dalvin Cook, uh, which I think is a great, was the, the best running back available at that point. Um, the guys that got picked after were Frenette, Freeman, and Johnson. Um, then he goes ahead and takes Damian w- Williams in the third round, which has been such a question. Well, he seemed like a solid pick a couple months ago. And then as time has wore on, he, I think the backfield situation in Kansas City has gotten more and more opaque and i think even recently now that they've added uh lashawn mccoy i think he's got to be sweating this pick we still really don't don't know what's going to happen of course he's got you know the starting running back on the best offense in the nfl so you got to feel pretty good about that there's a lot of guys fighting for carries here we've got of course darwin thompson um there's like a Daryl Williams, I think. There's some other guy, and now you got LaShawn McCoy. Um, the coach has said, Andy Reid has said it's going to be a timeshare. We don't really know. But he's an RB2, so I guess that's that's okay. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, you hope at least he's going to RB be an RB2 at the floor. Could be still an RB1 at the ceiling. Deshaun Watson in the fourth. That's pretty aggressive, and I would not have felt great about that because their O-line has looked horrible. 
but they did just pick up a, a major piece there. Alshon Jeffrey in the fifth, Jared Cook in the sixth, Kenyon Drake, Sammy Watkins, Justin Jackson, Jordan Howard. This team's kind of, I think it looks fine. I guess I'm not all that excited about it to be, but it, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look outstanding to me. Um, it's really, I guess you just don't know because of Damian Williams. Alshon, I want to say is sort of, his time is up. I don't think, uh, I mean, he's at best the number two target in Philadelphia and he has trouble staying on the field. He's had trouble staying on the field for years now. I, I don't think he was very fantasy relevant last year. So I think the wide receiver two could be an issue here. His other wide receivers are Sammy Watkins, which is just far from consistent. Um, Deshaun Jackson, Devontae Parker. I think he's going to have a really hard time deciding who to put in that WR2 slot all year long. I think that's going to be his weakness. Kenyon Drake, you've got the a guy timesharing on a Dolphins defense who they just committed to tanking this year. Like They just gave up one of their best offensive linemen. They gave up Kenny Stills all for draft picks. So I think that's that pick doesn't look so great anymore. Justin Jackson um, and Jordan Howard, I think I think his running backs are going to be fine. I think the big question mark here is going to be who's his wide receiver to um, and can one of these running backs step up to, to fill the flex? Yeah. Um, for a guy who typically drafts so safely – I, I will applaud him for being a lot more risque this time around. Um, but yeah, like like everybody is pretty much everybody's gonna be a question mark. Um Damien Williams, I feel pretty good about. Sean Watson too early, Alshon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He he's gonna have to make some changes like Kenyon Drake, uh, I don't want any part of the Dolphins offense. Um, I'm okay with Sammy Watkins at that point. And then, man, I don't want any part of the Eagles backfield either. Like, that's going to be a running back by committee forever. Um, what, they got that uh, that Miles Sanders guy now, right? Yeah. Um, so he's supposed to be, like – their number one, I guess. And I've, I've never felt great about Jordan Howard. I mean, he was so mediocre on the Bears. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Jordan Howard, I think, is listed as the starter. And to get a starting running back on a good offense in the 10th round, it's hard to pass up. But it's kind of like – it kind of feels like eating your vegetables. Um like, like you just, oh, I, you know, starter on a good offense and 10th rounds available. I got to take him. But you do it and you just know that he's probably not going to be the starter forever or he's not going to be that useful to start. It's kind of like taking Peyton Barber, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's the starter, but are you going to want to start him? I don't think so. Jordan Howard, you're right. He's been mediocre for years, doesn't catch passes. I just think he's a guy that gets you five or six every week, and you never really want to put him in your lineup. Yeah, yeah. Put simply, Jordan Howard sucks. Uh, Miles Sanders <laughs> went five rounds earlier, so I'm feeling like he, he's supposed to be the starter there. Um, they definitely have higher hopes for Miles Sanders than Jordan Howard. Definitely. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, we'll we'll see how it pans out for Separac. I, I think he'll he'll be okay for a little bit, but um, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna need that consistent depth for sure. Yeah. All right, we're at the forty-five minute mark, by the way. So let's try and finish this up in fifteen minutes. All right, we'll speed it up. The rest of these teams, there's not much to say about them either way. Um, so Rob, starting with. <laughs> who, who we took extra time to shit on last year oh man we never heard the end of that one that was so funny um why he wanted to be on this podcast so bad so he could he could stand up for his team defend himself oh man it was like beating up a handicapped kid um yeah so uh todd Gurley going first round um obviously see some risk with injury, um, I'm okay with that. Um, Gurley could turn out to be, you know, top three running back this year. It's not a good offense. If he keeps them knees healthy, he is going to get in the end zone every single game. Um, dude, Michael Thomas fell to him here. I was amazed that Thomas fell that far. And I thought that was an amazing pickup by him. So I like that pick. Uh Maybe the best one-two in the draft. Yeah, maybe. Um, it could definitely turn out to be that way. Um, so, like, you know, a lot of people see Todd Gurley as a reach. I'm okay with him taking him there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback. Somebody had to do it. He did it. That is fine. Uh, looking, yeah. So he's looking for an RB2 here, Mark Ingram. We don't know what that's going to look like on the Ravens with Lamar Jackson a lot of success from the saints. So like he should be good, but that's a question mark. And then Miles Sanders, um, who could like, he could be an all-star on that team. Uh, Major upside. Yeah. So huge upside there. So like he, he's got his options for RB two. He's got Duke Johnson as a flex option. Um, and then DJ Moore on the Panthers um Geronimo Allison Sterling Shepard so he's got some wide receiver two depth um and he's waiting on the tight end great move Jalen Samuels who crushed it for Pittsburgh when James Conner was not playing that's a good handcuff Austin Hooper uh, I think is going to be a a solid tight end uh I don't know who Justice Hill is and I don't know who Alexander Madison is um, They're both handcuffs, but they both look solid too. Yeah, so he he's got great depth. He's got somebody who's probably going to be the best quarterback again. Um, so like I I think as long as he's not dealing with girly uh, injury issues, like he could be a really strong contender um, this season. And he's got a lot of depth for trades too. I mean, I, I think that's one of the most overlooked things is adding depth. Um, for trade options moving forward like if you focus too much on you know uh, sleeper like flyer picks you know that that's fine if you want to chase the upside but like he's already got just like a bunch of consistent um like players who, who should be producing right away um so I, I think he's got a really strong lineup could be contending for a championship uh, for his second championship yeah, it's a top three nomination for me, for sure. Moving on no, to... Duh. 
Bearjoo. And you know, I wanted to shit on him so bad. Like, really, this podcast doesn't even feel the same without it. But there's just there's nothing to shit on here. Yeah. Um, except for Duke Johnson. I I don't even know. I don't even know who that guy is. Yeah, he's trying to pawn um, him off. It's free <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would uh, I trade Court Cortland Sutton for him. There you go. Moving on to DeBerju, uh taking Chubba's first pick, as you thought was questionable, and you know there is reason to question it. Juju Smith-Schuster with his second. I really was staying away from Juju at all at all costs this year. I think Juju's success was a huge part um, with having the best wide receiver in the NFL on the other side of you. Um, not that Juju's not a great receiver himself, but just we haven't seen it yet. So again, it just a, to take Juju over Michael Thomas, I think is a mistake because we've seen Michael Thomas dominate as a number one and you could just lock in that value right there. But instead you decide to risk it on a guy that hasn't been the number one yet. Uh, Melvin Gordon in the third, which just more risk there. Um, you know, the Bear Jew loves risk. He obviously does not shy away from it, even after picking Le'Veon Bell last year and dealing with an entire season of a holdout. I just am shocked that those are not scars. Um, he jumps right back into it. Uh, Josh Jacobs in the fourth, which I think, like, Josh Jacobs is one of the biggest mysteries of the draft because we've seen so little of him yet. He's a high draft pick rookie who's supposedly going to take over a three down. Uh, set and on his team and so I I mean I was really interested in Jacobs and I was hoping he would uh oh I had a chance to pick him I didn't take him well I was hoping to put Jacobs on my team but I really just it's just such a question mark you don't you don't even show him on hard knocks you don't know what he's got uh, he could be this you know secret player that's going to come out and dominate or you could find out he's garbage you really don't know I bet he's going to work out so that's probably a strong pick Aaron Rodgers in the fifth, third quarterback off the board. I don't know if you can argue with it, but I don't love it. Rodgers just hasn't been the same guy the last couple of years. He's in a new offense now. Jarvis Landry, Emmanuel Sanders, Matt Breida. So let's see. He's got Juju as his one, Landry as his two, and Emmanuel out of the flex. Fine with it, I guess. Landry I don't think is... Landry's kind of like your vegetables too, like, you know, high floor, but I don't know if he ever really puts up high ceiling days that really make you want to start him. Brita, I think will be a really good pick. I feel like Brita's the better back in the San Francisco backfield. Even though I have Coleman, I wouldn't be shocked if Brita ends up taking over that job. Caslow, of course, picks the Bears defense four rounds before anyone else touches the defense <laughs> so that's a lot of trust there in 2018 results um time will tell if that's a worthy investment and then he goes tight end tight end two older guys and olsen and rudolph finishes it out with funchess and cousins man i don't really know what to say about this team okay aaron Rodgers, nick chubb Josh Jacobs, Juju, and Jarvis. I think it's a middle-of-the-pack team. If Gordon gets a trade and ends up in a good situation as the number one, then this team could be really interesting. Otherwise, I think it's a middle-of-the-pack team. 
um, that doesn't really make that just barely misses the playoffs. Yeah, even so, even if uh, Gordon gets signed to like they get the contract done in LA, I mean, he's like Zach will have to make trades to get a championship caliber team. Like, that's that's the way I see it. Um, if Sanders stays healthy, that could turn out to be his wide, wide receiver, too. Um, I'm fine with I, I thought that was a good pick. Matt Breida. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bears way too early. Doubling up on tight end with a couple of mediocre options. Um, but yeah, I agree. Middle of the pack. Like, how, how do you decide between Greg Olson or Kyle Rudolph? <laughs> like, in your starting lineup? <laughs> You know, like, what's the point? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, how is Greg Olson going to play an entire season? He's not. Yeah. He's um, not. That was interesting, yeah. I mean, taking the Bears early, like, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, he could have waited another round and, like, still – he could have waited two more rounds and still got it done. Like, it was just crazy. But uh, I got a price. I got a price check that. <laughs> but it's it's amazing that he did that. Doubled up on a couple of weak ass tight ends, and like we're still thinking his roster is okay. So yeah, he he's got some good upside available. And but we just yeah, yeah. like a lot of like teams like we just don't know how a lot of these teams are going to pan out. Um, and actually, the ADP on the Bears is 808, and Kaz took him in at the 908 spot. So our league is actually just super late on defense. I'm, I'm pretty impressed, actually. Huh. Go us. Um, okay, <laughs> El Patron. <laughs> Does he suffer from the commissioner's curse? Let's find out. Um, Julio Jones, solid. Tyreek, wow, you're set at wide receiver. What are you going to do with your running back situation now? Um, hold on, I'm just looking at this flow right now. So Chris Carson. Back this way. So Derek Henry was next. And then David Montgomery, Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, I think that was pretty much right around his ADP. So Chris Carson, uh, obviously really strong PPR asset. Um, I just, uh, like, that's a big question mark. I don't know how confident you feel about him as an RB1. You added a ton of great depth, and you handcuffed him with Rashad anyways. But, um, like, time is going to tell you, like, who your true RB1 is, you know? Like, uh, we just don't know what the Seahawks backfield, like, is – we know that one of these guys is going to dominate the touches, but we don't know how effective their running game is even going to be. Um, I love the Tevin Coleman pick. Um, I think he's going to be the most valuable asset in the 49ers backfield. Uh, I'm a little biased because um, I had him on my team last year. Freeman was dealing with his injury issues and Tevin Coleman came in and like, he's a really skilled running back. Um, another great PPR asset. Um, so if he develops that chemistry with Jimmy G, like it's game over, like he could end up being your strongest running back. Um, but we'll see Eckler. <laughs> that could turn out to be such a good pick for you. 
Um, so you're adding depth. You got your much needed handcuff. Um, yeah, this is this is uh, you drafted very intelligently. You were limiting your alcoholic beverages. Um, <laughs> you you had a vision. Curtis Samuel um, could be an awesome pick for a flex option. Andrew Luck, ouch. Um, you could have seen that coming, what, an hour after our draft? Uh, maybe a couple hours, he retired. Um, that's crazy stuff. Um, so that was a waste pick. Cortland Sutton uh, on the trade block looking for one Duke Johnson Jr. Uh, Dante Moncrief, you've had Dante on your team before. Uh, How can you remember that? That was years ago. Yeah, he was on the Colts at the time. Yep, and he was solid. He was solid. He was a solid flex option. And I, I remember because um, he was just, like, so under the radar, you know? Like, uh, he would have some pretty big games just, like, as the supporting act for T.Y. Hilton. Um, so we'll see what that looks like on, on the Steelers. Um, that could end up being another solid flex. Tony Pollard. Oh, man, that could just be so big for you, man. Uh, Take me to the Pollard land. Take him to the Pollard land. Um, So with that pick, with Zeke's situation, you're looking good at running back. Um, You may encounter some difficult decisions to make, but not at least for for a few weeks. Um, you got Kittle as a solid, you know, he could be the, the number one tight end. Um, so your quarterback situation could be like the main detractor. Um, I saw that you drop the Texans defense. Yeah, that's because you told me they weren't that good. (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah, I, I think you had a really, a really great draft. Um, you know, you, taking taking Kittle, you know, I don't know how you were feeling about that when you did it, but you, you just got it at that point. Um, so I think how you followed up after that and then landing Tony Pollard later on, like, it just all fell together really nicely. It was a shame about Andrew Luck, but I, I think that's the only weak point uh, on your team right now. So you just got to hope Julio's got to stay healthy. Yeah. Cool. All right. We just got a few more to wrap it out. Are are we going to mention Max? Yeah. Uh, yes. Reluctantly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we already talked about, a little, about him a little bit. Got Devontae number one, Kelsey number two, and then his first running back pick would be Derrick Henry, which is way too boomer bust for my, my taste. Um, but I'm with you. Know. you. <laughs> I'm with Roll, roll the dice, I guess. Even if Derrick Henry's like lights out, it's just hard to imagine he'll have the opportunity to be lights out um, on the Tennessee Titans. But moving, moving on, Marlon Mack is RB two, and wow, this team just gets sadder. Um, that obviously doesn't look as great with Andrew Luck out of the picture. Marlon Mack is not a guy that catches a lot of passes. He's a guy that really gets his yards on the ground. 
So that doesn't look great. AJ Green, he's still wearing a walking boot. So at this point, we still don't have a wide receiver too. So you're sure he's going to get him in the sixth round. Instead, he picks up Lamar Miller, only to bust an ACL around later. So then you're still looking for the wide receiver too. And he drafts Tariq Cohen, which I think looks fine. But finally, he gets his wide receiver two in the eighth round with Allen Robinson, which there could be something there. I mean, there hasn't been something there all that consistently, but, you know, another year in the system with with Mitch, and you never know. Also, Cam uh, Newton in the ninth. He, he dealt with a lot of injury issues too, man, Allen Robinson. Okay. Well, maybe he's healthy and he could get it done. Okay. I mean, we've seen the guy – do it, but it's been it's been a while. Yep. Um, Cam Newton in the ninth, he stacks another Titans player with Corey Davis in the tenth, which I think we just see a lot of talent there and no opportunity. But we'll see how that shapes out. Jameis in the eleventh, Trey Burton in the twelfth, a flyer on Debo Samuel in the fourteenth. I think this team has a bottom three nomination, in my opinion. Um, mainly because the wide receiver two is a huge question mark. I mean, it's the only guy that really could fill it is Allen Robinson. I don't believe in Corey Davis and Debo Samuel. I don't even know who that is. Um, that doesn't look very good. And his RBs are Derek Henry and Marlon Mack. So Kelsey and Devonte and Cam Newton need to carry this team, and they could maybe get a couple wins. But I definitely see this team. Um, trending towards the like eighth or ninth place in the league. Yeah, it's really bad. That's all I gotta say about that. And the poor guy. I mean, the Lamar Miller pick is well, really, Lamar Miller and Marlon Mack both were negatively affected massively just within hours of the draft. That's just too bad. Um, moving on to our auto pick team of the year. You know, the auto pick also has a really nice way of. Uh, screwing people over a little bit, which was nice because sometimes the auto draft can really work out in someone's favor. I think that Borelli is going to be disappointed in this team because I don't think the Cardinals are going to be that great on offense. And he did take David Johnson number one. Odo Beckham Jr. is to me is boomer bust. Maybe he's more consistent than your average boomer bust, but he's still going to have those games where he just gets nothing done or he's going to pull a calf muscle or he's going to, you know, I don't know, fucking tackle the kicker's net and sprain a sprain a wrist or something. I just don't love him. T.Y. Hilton's a huge downgrade, losing luck. David Montgomery could be solid. Cooper Cup, Robbie Anderson, I like both of them. Matt Ryan, I like him. Christian Kirk, again, he's got another player attached to the Arizona offense, which we don't know anything about. Dante Pettis has seen very little NFL action. Eric Ebron, huge downgrade, I would think, losing Andrew Luck. Kareem Hunt, you're going to have to wait eight or nine weeks. Another Arizona player in Kyler Murray. So, I mean, he's really inadvertently hitched his wagon to the Arizona Cardinals. So I think his season will very much depend on theirs. Yeah. His team doesn't even deserve our words. No, it doesn't. So let's move on. Why don't you take over uh, the last team, which we've already talked about a little bit. All right, Campbell. I I was raving about this draft um, after the fact and uh, ton 
of upside. Um, James Conner, Joe Mixon, young running backs um, who are going to get so many touches. Um, so, so I think he's consistently going to have high floors um, with, with a couple of RB1s. Um, looking to him establishing wide receiver depth, Julian Edelman, top target um, on a New England offense with Robert Woods on uh, like, like he's a, a couple of great wide receivers on the top offenses in the league. Um, reaching on tight end for OJ Howard. I didn't quite agree with this. Like I, I like him and I think he could have a ton of success in Tampa Bay. Um but um, I still think that it's just ill-advised to reach that high on somebody who's not uh, Kelsey, Ertz, or Kittle. Um, so I think he should have gone to somebody else. Um, Marvin Jones on Detroit, like, we had way higher hopes for this guy. Um, like, hopefully their offense is going to turn around with, you know, Galladay coming into his own, carry on Johnson in the backfield. Um, so he could be solid. I don't know. But um, he's been pretty disappointing. Peyton Barber. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about the, the Tampa Bay backfield, but I don't really want any part of it. So, um, I mean, there's still upside there. Uh, but we're just going to have to see what happens during the regular season. D.D. Westbrook I thought was an awesome pick. Obviously, we've heard a lot of great things about him, and with uh, Foles as the new QB in Jacksonville, he could turn out to be a great flex asset. Um, and then Kalen Balazs, I mean, that's an awesome pick as well, handcuffing the Miami backfield with somebody who's really supposed to have a lot more upside than um, – uh, yeah, Ken and Drake. Um, so I thought that was a really great pick. Um, you know, week in, week out. Um, is he going to have, you know, is he going to have scores, you know, like every other week that are astronomical? I don't know. Um, because he, he had some point totals last season that were, that were up there, but it wasn't as consistent as you need it to be. So I think his roster is like very, very consistent and he's got the upside. It's just going to depend on how these players pan out. Uh, but either way, um, he, he could be a contender. Um, I just really wish he didn't reach on the tight end. Um, Lamar Jackson as your QB, like he could turn out to be a superstar this season. Like he is crazy when he's running the ball. If he stays healthy <laughs> and doesn't get his head knocked off, like um, he could be a really strong QB. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I'd, I don't know. Um, is he going to rush for a thousand yards, Dash? Definitely not. <laughs> All right, you put your money where your mouth is. Um, I'll put five bullets. <laughs> uh, Marquez, um, you know, get yourself a late piece of the uh, Green Bay wide receiver core. I'm fine with that. Michael Gallup in Dallas uh, could turn out to be a solid flex option as well. So, like, he did really well in the late rounds. Um, Vikings defense, strong there. 
So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm so curious to see what James Conner and Joe Mixon do. Like, like if they turn out to be ballers this year, I think Campbell's going to be really dangerous. But either way, again, another team where I see a lot of uh, trade potential. Um, so if he needs to balance his team, like, I, I think he's going to be able to do that. He just needs to, you know, be willing to sell his players at the right time. Um, but yeah, I agree. Really good. Um, could definitely be a contender this year. I agree. Definitely a top three nomination for me. I, uh, I liked Campbell's draft the best out of all drafts last year and his team did start off really hot, uh, only to be decimated later on by injuries. So why don't you give me your uh, top three in order and give me your Sacco pick for the year and we will wrap it up. All right. Um, top three. Um, I'll give uh, Rob and Campbell and uh, myself. Of course. <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> Can I do that? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I thought, I thought, You're looking at it. You're looking at it objectively, right? <laughs> I thought Jesse had a really great draft too. I thought you had a really great draft. So I mean, I know I'm just kind of throwing out a, a bunch of teams at this point, but um, so hard to say. But but again, at, at the top, um, Rob and Campbell just just look like they could be pretty dominant. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Rob Jesse Campbell. I don't love the depth of running back on Campbell's team. Um, I mean, now Peyton Barber and Adrian Peterson are going to be there, getting you 10 points, but um, I just don't know. If, if one of his top two dogs drops out, yeah. I think it's going to hurt. Yeah, he, he, so, yeah needs, I go, he needs things to go right. Yeah, if things go right, he'll be looking great. Um, so, yeah, I go Rob, Jesse, Campbell, and my – and, you know, honorable mention for Big Mac, too. I don't know who spent enough time on Big Mac, but I think um, his team is looking quite quite interesting, too, especially now that LaShawn McCoy is on the Chiefs. I forget. I think Hyde may have gone to the Texans or something. I don't remember. Um, but spe- special mention. I think his team looks looks pretty solid, too. Um, definitely not my nomination for the Sacco. I'd say my pick for the Sacco would be... I'm gonna have to go Borelli. Just, just what I want, you know. So my heart's telling me. Yeah, um, I'll go Max. Uh, yeah, I'd say Borelli's team doesn't look like the worst though. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I think I'd have to second Max. Max, I love you, but it's the ultimate disgrace when an auto draft team looks better than yours. Uh, you get you got unlucky, but so unlucky. But I mean, don't. Here's my tip to everybody. Don't ever draft Lamar Miller and don't ever draft Jordan Howard. Just don't. Because it will never work out for you, ever. Dude, I was going to pick Lamar Miller if he came to me. Um, and he came one pick away. Oh, my God. If you got if you got Luck and Lamar Miller, that would have been too funny. You would have been screwed. It would have been, been really bad. But fortunately, it's not. And... We're only three days away from kickoff of the ninth season of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I cannot remember being any more excited for a season than, than this one. 
Um, I'm matching off against Big Mac this weekend, and we have a very tight matchup. Sleeper is calling it a 49 to 51% 50 50 match. Um, you have a more dominant matchup, at least from projections. However, I've looked at your matchup. I think Cole's got a real shot to upset this weekend. Um, those about all the matchups I know off the top of my head, and I think it's probably about time that we wrap this thing up. But it's been an absolute pleasure going over the draft with you for the second straight season. I'd love for this to be a tradition that it's the commish and the reigning champ that do the draft recap every year. So just know if you want to be the one up here dissecting, um, you know, blowing air up someone's asshole or uh, nagging them bit down, make sure to win the championship this year, and we'll see you on the podcast next year. Oh, yeah. All right, man. It's going to be a good year. Thanks for having me, and uh, best of luck to all in week one. Good luck, gentlemen. See ya.